Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite Post Show for October 4th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Wednesday night. Wherever you may be, man. Jesse is not here tonight. Jesse's doing the family thing. Jesse took one of the most important nights of the week off for one of the most important dynamites of the entire year, man. Their four-year anniversary, and I don't understand why he abandoned us. I don't even know why I come here. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. I gotta gotta find a new co-host, man. I really gotta find a new co-host. But we love Jesse. Jesse will be back next week for uh, Title Tuesday. Where WWE is loading NXT up, man. Oh, man, what are they doing? What are they doing on Tuesday night? Because AEW, against their will, has to be moved to Tuesday night for, I think, what is it? The MLB playoffs or the NHL playoffs? One or the other. Who gives a shit? Who watches hockey? Who watches the NHL, man? Only fucking geeks watch the NHL. Uh, NXT, man, what are they doing over there? They got John Cena. They got Cody Rhodes, man. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Now we got to hear. Whoa! On Tuesday night. Wow, man. The American Nightmare going to NXT with a major announcement. What's the major announcement? My father is Dusty Rhodes. John Cena, Cody Rhodes. They got Oscar. Oscar's going down to NXT, man. Wow, wow. And John Cena's going to be in the corner of Braun Breaker. And they got Paul Heyman. I actually know Carmelo Hayes. He's going to be in the corner of Carmelo Hayes. Paul Heyman is going to be in the corner of Braun Breaker on Wednesday night, man. Wow, wow. Meanwhile, I want you guys to pay attention to what Tony Khan is doing. Is Tony Khan going out and getting, oh, my God, he made this major announcement. Oh, he's made this major signing. Oh, he's bringing in Kazuchika Okada for uh, Title Tuesday, right? He's bringing in uh, Tatsuya Naito to come in on Tuesday, man. He's going to go out and get uh, Will Ospreay to wrestle a fucking 10-star match on Tuesday night. What, What is Tony Khan doing, man? Does anybody... Does anybody in the chat know what Tony Khan is doing on Tuesday night? He's giving us professional fucking wrestling. That's what he's giving us on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, WWE basically told you without them really saying anything, hey, the AEW effect is real, man. It's not just a figment of your imagination. But you know what? The fans win in the end, right? The fans got a great show on Tuesday night. (laughs) Desperate. A fun show on Tuesday night. And then they got a real wrestling show 
on Tuesday night, man. You choose. You choose which one you're going to go out there and watch, man. I know what I'll be watching. I know what I'll be covering live, man. Tony Khan announced Adam Copeland versus, versus Luchasaurus. John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix. Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland for the number one contendership for the TNT title. And Adam Hangman Page versus Jay White next week. Man, oh man, which one am I going to watch? Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be missing a ton with a rematch of Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes all because John Cena is in the corner of Carmelo. Fuck out of here. Ridiculous. And then people on social media, man, they want to say, oh, JD is crying. He's crying, man. He's, he's losing sleep. <laughs> I ain't losing no fucking sleep, man. The only reason why I'm losing sleep is because I'm up fiddling on my fucking PC, playing video games till fucking wee hours of the morning. That's the only reason why I'm losing sleep. I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over fucking Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes on NXT, man. Ridiculous. Anyway, just wanted to get that out of my system, man. You know, I, I don't got Drew here. I don't got uh, Jesse here, man. I'm at liberty to say whatever the fuck I want here, man. Uh, listen, let's get down to business. AEW Dynamite. I thought tonight was a great show. I thought tonight... You know, Tony Khan really, he, going into Wrestle Dream has hyped up this new era. This new era of AEW, man. Nobody knew what he meant by that. There were a bunch of rumors that Tony Khan was going to announce a streaming deal with HBO Max. Or he might be bringing in another talent that's going to kind of take the place of CM Punk, which we did end up getting. And that was Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge in WWE, possibly Mercedes Monet. Joining AEW, which I do think that is uh, coming somewhere down the line as soon as we have any updates on her injury. Nobody knew what this meant. Another rumor going around was that AEW was going to announce a pay-per-view per month, 12 per year. Everybody was wondering what this, this new era was going to be. There was even a rumor that Tony Khan was set to purchase New Japan Pro Wrestling. A new era. We knew... That none of those things but the HBO Max thing was even close to being legitimate. But the new era has showed itself as Adam Copeland, Edge, he's now in AEW, and the Rated R era is officially beginning in AEW, man. The backlash to Adam Copeland joining AEW is one of the most laughable things that I think as a fan... I have witnessed on social media in all my years on Twitter. It's quite pathetic. It's amazing. It's amazing to me how a man in Adam Copeland made a decision that he first asked his daughters about. His daughters, nine years old and seven years old, Ruby and Lyric are the name of his daughters, asked his daughters, what do I do with my career? Where do I go? Should I retire? They said, no, go to AEW and join Uncle Jay. That's been the story. That's the quote that was taken from the scrum. That was exactly what he uttered tonight in the closing segment of the show. He's not hiding anything about why he's here. We know why he's here. But so many grown adult men who have exposed themselves as lifeless, soulless, bottom-fucking-of-the-barrel oxygen thieves on social media who probably have no life, who have absolutely no hobbies outside of living on Twitter and making everybody else fucking, 
you know, annoyed by their presence. They have never felt the embrace of a woman. They don't have a job. And if they do, they're working fucking stop and shop and collecting the fucking push carts and lining them up in, a, in an orderly fashion so that when I go to the supermarket to buy my organic groceries, I have a nice clean cart that I could operate while I'm zipping around the fucking store. Get back to work, you fucking geek. These are the people that go on social media and have been just so obsessed as to why Adam Copeland left WWE. The reason why he left WWE is because WWE didn't find any value in Adam Copeland. Meanwhile, Adam Copeland wanted to continue to push his career forward. Imagine that, man. At 49 years old, Adam Copeland still has goals and dreams and aspirations. Wow, man. I hope that when I get to 49 fucking years old, I'm doing the same fucking thing as Adam Copeland. Seriously. I hope when I'm 49 years old, I look like Adam Copeland. and physically able to do what Adam Copeland is doing. All these geeks on social media wish... They were one-tenth of the human being that Adam Copeland was. No, but it's a bad decision that he went to AEW because it's minor league. And he wrestles in half state, half arenas that uh, are blacked out by 50% tarp. Who gives a shit? This man went on social media and exclaimed that acronyms should not define what he does with the rest of his career. He loves pro wrestling. Do you love pro wrestling? Probably not. Everybody that got on his case this week hates pro wrestling. They live to annoy. They live to show the world that they have fucking herpes and they are sexually deprived fucking geeks online. That's exactly what they showed. Seriously. They hate their lives. They are riddled with fucking absolutely nothing. And they're probably at a point in their life where they want their misery to be projected onto other people because they hate their own existence. Adam Copeland joined AEW, and I praise him for it. I've praised him up and down for it. The man basically said he wants to work alongside his best friend. He's getting paid to do so. He wants to work full-time where WWE gave him 14 to 15 dates per year. He doesn't want that. Why would he want that when he's physically able to continue to do what he loves to do? His family is taken care of for life. He is going to be an unbelievable presence in that locker room. He's going to be somebody that Punk was not in that locker room. And he wants to continue pushing himself forward. The man basically exclaimed today that the reason why I'm here is outside working alongside his best friend of 40 years in Christian Cage. You know, Adam Copeland versus Kenny Omega sounds like a damn good idea. Adam Copeland versus Miro sounds like a damn good idea. Adam Copeland versus Brian Danielson, John Moxley. The list goes on and on. He even said on social media, I believe this was an interview that was taken, a clip of it or uh, an excerpt was taken from an interview I think he did with CBS. I could be wrong about where the interview came from, whatever. He was interviewed and said, you know, I never wrestled in the Tokyo Dome. I never wrestled for New Japan. I never wrestled out of Wrestle Kingdom. You know, Adam Copeland versus Kazuchika Okada sounds fucking great to me. 
Imagine Adam Copeland versus Kazuchika Okada, man. I don't watch New Japan at all. As soon as that match is signed, sealed, and delivered, you know what the fuck I'm doing? I'm ordering New Japan World, and I'm watching Adam Copeland versus Kazuchika Okada. That's exactly what I'm doing. How dare anybody come out here and uh, you know, explain to others on social media and exclaim that the decision that he made was wrong. Imagine telling a grown man that he made the wrong decision. Yeah, he made a really bad choice, man. He really made a, a bad choice when the place that he left didn't want to use him in the way that he wanted to be used. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. It's like your fucking wife or girlfriend is dating you and, and she basically tells you, you know what? You suck in bed, man. You're awful. You're not satisfying me. I'm going to go do what I got to do to get off and get mine and uh, whatever you want to do, you do. And then you're the fucking simp and the cuck who sits there. Oh, but baby, I, I, I love you. I, I want to be with you, man. Fuck out of here. Fucking ridiculous. I can't wait to see this story play out, man. Can't wait to see this story play out. This is great shit. This is exactly what AEW fucking needed, man. This is exactly what they needed. Long Term booking. This is the longest term booking. And it's going to be fucking great when it all finally comes to a conclusion. Adam Culpin showed up at the end of Dynamite tonight and exclaimed why he was there. We all know why he's there. Christian Cage is soiled. He is absolutely obsessed with the TNT Championship. We're going to go over exactly what happened there, man. And we're going to go over later exactly where I think this is going. Because this has the makings of absolutely being the best thing on AEW television, man. A new fucking era. We're in the rated R era. The rated R era is not really anything new. The rated R era is new for AEW and Tony Khan. But if they play their cards right and they got the two creative geniuses at the helm here in Adam Copeland and Christian Cage... You're in for what could be one of the best storylines in all of W uh, all of AEW history. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, AEW is gonna take the ex WWE guys. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? You're all over the moon about WWE taking AEW talent. Cody Rhodes is the same Cody Rhodes that you got in AEW. Only on a bigger stage with WWE. Oh, why did Adam Copeland come out to Alter Bridge? Why did Cody Rhodes come out to Downstate and Kingdom? Same thing. AEW, they made Jade Cargill into whatever she was in AEW. What exactly do you think you're getting over in WWE? You're getting Jade Cargill the same way you got her in, w in AEW, in WWE. Same thing will happen with Brian Pillman Jr. Same thing will happen with Wardlow. Same thing will happen with Ricky Starks. When MJF jumps ship, because I do believe that will happen eventually, not anytime soon, but eventually. What version of MJF do you think you get? You're getting some new, fresh, unique, fucking starting from the ground up MJF? No. No, but it's, it's a problem that Adam Copeland went to AEW, the rated R superstar, man. You people fucking sicken me. You people sicken me, honestly. Get this fucking clown, get this slob out of the chat. Fuck out of here. You and your fucking 18 different fucking accounts, man. Get out of my chat, fucking clown. 
This is the same fucking geek that trolls the goddamn AEW streams when they go live with their pre-shows. Get him out. I don't know what mods we got in the chat, but if anybody's in the chat that's a mod, when you see that fucking slob in the chat, get him out. Don't want anything to do with uh, anything with that name in the chat. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. It's going to be great. The MJF and Adam Cole storyline. I love the fact that Tony Khan and AEW have set the precedent right now that the championship match and the main event for full gear will be MJF defending the AEW World Championship against Jay White at full gear. Love it. We're a good six, seven weeks away. And I, I you know, I've made a uh, a podcast complaint about AEW starting builds so late in the game. They'll start the pay-per-view build three weeks to go. And then you start seeing matches two weeks in, one week in, and then Tony Khan's got fucking 16 matches lined up for the pay-per-view with another eight on the fucking pre-show. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, we're only human beings. We're not androids. We can only take so much professional wrestling. Tonight he announced, it's not really official, but the challenge was laid out. And, you know, we got the announcement tonight because MJF said, absolutely, you're on. MJF will defend the title against Jay White, man. That is something new. That is something actually refreshing to the AEW product. So instead of two weeks of build, AEW's got a world championship match. It's absolutely going to be a fucking banger when it happens. And we got seven weeks of build leading to that match all around the potential of Adam Cole and MJF and the kingdom with Roddy, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett. You got the Bullet Club gold in there now inserted into this thing. Who attacked them? Who's the masked man? So many moving parts in this thing, man. So we got that. And then we got the Adam Copeland. It's so difficult to call him Adam Copeland, man. I want to say I want to say Edge so much. Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Man, look, look at AEW television, man. We, we've been asking as a fan base. We've been asking for this on Wednesday nights for so long, man. Give me a reason to want to be excited about tuning into Dynamite outside of Tony Khan putting fucking dream matches together that don't really mean much of anything except for when they're happening, in the moment that they're happening. What are you going to do to get me to watch next week? I'm already fucking excited for Title Tuesday, man. I'm excited to see what happens with Edge, uh, Christian Cage, and Adam Copeland. I'm excited to see what's happening with MJF and Jay White. Look at the stories here. Look at the fucking stories. Then, on top of that, you got Swerve Strickland and what he's going to be doing following his mega win over Adam Page at Wrestle Dream. You got the International Championship with Phoenix and John Moxley. You got some great shit. Tony Storm. Tony Storm is absolutely fucking killing it. We got legitimately the breakout of Timeless, Tony Storm tonight. She's legitimately the first woman to play this type of character or play a character at this level in the entire women's division. That in itself is a fucking new era. There's a lot to like right now, man. You know, it, it was... It was very... It was great. Don't get me wrong. The in-ring product is absolutely spectacular on AEW. But sometimes they get so lost in, 
oh yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a banger match. Professional wrestling. It's gotta be a five-star match. Match, 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 match. Wrestling matches. But meanwhile, a lot of the audience just wants story. I said this, e- even working, you know, with House of Glory, you know, we went through this transition and I spoke to the fucking team over there. You know, the people in charge, Amazing Red, and I, I spoke to him and I spoke to, to Brian. And, you know, they, they always put on a great show. They always have the fans first. Banger matches. Banger matches, banger matches. Fucking anybody could do banger matches. Anybody. But the fans, you know, they change over time. Last year, all we wanted was banger matches. During the pandemic, all we wanted was banger matches. I think we were spoiled during the pandemic. You know, because AEW was doing what they did and they were giving matches and there was no crowd. And, you know, they weren't really going to, they weren't really going to go all in on, on a ton of shit. Coming out of the pandemic, you know, they continued the banger matches. But all anybody wants this year, and, and a lot of that has to do with the bloodline. A lot of fans want story. WWE had their bloodline, their bloodline story. Something that's pretty much been transpiring over three years. What was AEW's bloodline? What was going to be the reason to tune in to Dynamite like we were tuning into SmackDown every week? And excited to watch SmackDown. They didn't have that. Now they got it. And now they added Christian and Adam Copeland. And now they have two reasons to watch Dynamite instead of just one. And the more you do that, and the more you give us story-driven matches, everything else is going to mean something in the end. Everything that you do is going to be fruitful. And a lot of that is going to keep us wanting more. If AEW adds another story, it doesn't got to be on the level of an Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. It doesn't got to be on the level of an MJF and Adam Cole. But if they add another story, they got the Don Callis family. The fuck's going on there? They do have another story. They got three different stories going on right now that I'm incredibly invested in. You got the Kenny Omega, Don Callis story. You got the Jericho and Sammy Guevara thing. Now you got Will Hobbs joining the Don Callis family along with Sammy Guevara. What's Kenny Omega going to do? Kenny Omega is going to need more than Kota Ibushi here. It's going to need more than Chris Jericho here. So if they can continue to tell this, this type of story and this level of storytelling week to week, that's all the fans want. There was a lull in Dynamite. I don't know if the company felt it. I don't know if TK felt it. I don't know if anybody felt it. We were just kind of succumbing to, you know, formulaic television. Uh, AEW is a, a great match. Tony Khan's going to put on matches that he wakes up one morning and says, you know what, I got a great roster. I'm going to do this match because I want to see this match. It's like he's playing a fucking video game simulator. It's great. But a video game simulator gets bo- simulator gets boring over time. You can only play it for so long. Like Fight Forever. There's no substance to Fight Forever. That's why I put it down after fucking six hours. People want more than just a wrestling simulator. They want a reason to fucking tune in every single week. And AEW finally seems to be doing that. And I can't hate on that, man. Most of the summer was basically a wrestling simulator. Going into Wrestle Dream, something seemed to just click. I don't know if it's the addition of Adam Copeland. 
I don't know if people are now in Tony Khan's ear. He's got a great team around him. Brian Danielson has been named as somebody that he puts a lot of hope and trust in. And the relationship between Brian Danielson and Tony Khan is not a secret. He's added Jimmy Jacobs, I believe. Well, who, who did he add? I think he, I think he added him, right? He added somebody from WWE. Tony Khan's got a great team right now. I don't know if that is actually swaying his, his line of thinking here. But if they continue this and give people a reason to watch Dynamite, man, Dynamite, there's no stopping Dynamite. Because they, they, they at one point were doing this for weekly television. They seemingly went away from that. I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't, I don't know where it got lost. I don't know if it went away with Cody. I don't know if Tony Khan really developed an ego where he was head booker and he was fucking basically working as six different titles. Like, we know who Tony Khan is. We know, how, we know that he's in charge and this is his fucking company. I don't, need, I don't need Tony Khan wearing fucking eight different hats. There's a reason why you have the company that you do, man. Everybody wants to see it succeed. You got the money. You got the resources. You got no excuse to put a team around you so that it takes all of this off your plate so that the company can thrive without you fucking overworking yourself and trying to do everything. Because at some point, something's going to get lost. Something's going to slip through the cracks. The quality is going to go down and things are going to feel stale. The last two to three weeks, AEW has not felt stale. And we start to see, ever since, I should say longer than that, ever since the MJF and Adam Cole storyline, things have kind of been propelled to a more story-driven narrative. And now we have the Don Callis family. We've got Christian and Adam Copeland and whatever else is going to be happening on, on television. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. We're going to go over Dynamite tonight, man. And we're going to go over a lot of the good things that happened here. Will Hobbs potentially joining the Don Callis family. We got the Swerve and Brian Danielson match. We'll talk a little bit about that. That's happening next week. Number one contender for the TNT title. Title Tuesday shaping up to be a massive show for AEW on a night where they're not usually doing Dynamite on Tuesday. They are going head-to-head with NXT. We'll talk about that, and we will go over everything else that happened on AEW this evening, man. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me on the podcast tonight, Flying Solo. Jesse's not with me. He's at a concert with the family. He'll be back next week for Title Tuesday, and it's going to be a big one, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 538 likes. We got 2,200 plus in here. Absolutely no excuse why we should be less than 1,000. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. It helps me out tremendously. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. Go check out the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Me and my guy Andrew Baydala were live last night for TNT episode 16. Thank you for all the encouraging words and all the kind words, man. 
We're loving what we're doing on Tuesday night. We're building a new brand, and you guys are certainly on board because right now, the numbers that we're seeing, absolutely incredible, man. Last night, we talked about Adam Copeland. The week before that, we talked about Jake Cargill. The week before that, we talked about CM Punk. All the heavy-hitting topics, man, you know that Drew and I are going to absolutely body slam it like MJF did in front of 80,000 people at WrestleDream when he body slammed Dutch. Go check that shit out, man. Excellent show, my favorite night of the week. Go check the second channel out, man. If you guys don't know, we got a second channel, a gaming channel, a hobby channel. Right now, what we're doing over there, what the cool kids are doing, we're opening up, uh, we're opening up Pokemon cards. I know, I know. I'm a geek, but what, what can I say, man? I actually have hobbies that I enjoy, and ones that make me money. Go check it out, man. We got a couple of pack openings over there. Really cool stuff. I always kind of add, you know, a little pro wrestling spice to it. So, if you guys enjoy that type of shit, man, if you enjoy my brand of humor, go check it out. We uploaded a new video today. Great shit. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. NXT certainly needs some Blue Chew, man. That's why they're bringing in John Cena and Cody Rhodes and the rest of the big hitters, man, because they go limp on Tuesday. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Get your free sample. All you got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the show right here on OTS. Did I pull cards? I pull cards, Apollo. We pulled a $50 Blastoise. We pulled a $45 Bulbasaur, a Venusaur, one of them. We're still looking for the Charizard, though. Yeah, if you enjoy that shit, go and watch it, man. Great shit. Let's get into the show tonight, man. Four-year anniversary of AEW. We got the usual Dynamite opening theme They cut to the arena. We got the pyro blasting as usual. And Renee Paquette, right at the top, interviewed Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. She said, four years ago, they were on opposite ends of the ring from each other. But nowadays, after the anniversary, the three-year anniversary of their debut, they align to take out the Don Callis family. Well, now that's what I call an anniversary celebration. All of a sudden, in walks Adam Copeland. She said, it's so good to see him, and he says it's good to see Renee. He mentioned that there's a lot of Canadian energy here with all four of them, and there should be maple syrup flowing. He shook hands with Jericho. Kenny Omega said, it's nice to meet him. He asked him to let him know if he needs anything. Copeland says he's going to issue his mission statement later, but he wished him luck against the Don Callis family since he still can't stand him. Jericho asked about uh, Renee. What about me? Renee said it's always good to see him. She said under her breath, I like him, meaning Copeland, a little bit better. And Kenny Omega, you know, the wise-ass that Kenny Omega said, he told Adam Copeland, hey, man, you had me on the edge. Of my seat Sunday. Gotta love it. I've seen some people complaining that Adam Copeland showing up in this segment, you know, kind of getting him on TV before he came out later in the night to express his mission statement and why he's here and cut the promo in front of the live audience. 
kind of potentially took away from that. I didn't really care, man. If Adam Copeland's on my TV, it's good TV. I don't care where, how, when, or why, or how many times. Adam Copeland on my TV is better TV. And we should start really appreciating what he brings to the table a little bit more because we don't know how long we have him. If you were a fan of Adam Copeland in WWE, there's no reason why you should not be watching what Adam Copeland is doing here because he's here to make moments, he's here to make memories, and if you don't watch, the career of Adam Copeland is going to fucking pass you right by. I don't understand that type of logic. I saw it when Mercedes left WWE. Oh, I'm not watching Mercedes anymore. She's a turncoat. Why? Because she wants to go do her own thing? One of the best female wrestlers ever in the world. And you're not going to follow her and be along for the ride while she achieves her dreams and does what she wants to do. And you don't want to put yourself out there to learn about these new challenges and opponents that she's going to put in front of her. Man, oh man, fan weather fans. What an understatement, man. Ridiculous. Ray Phoenix. He went one-on-one with Nick Jackson. This was for the AEW International Championship. And this was a rematch from episode number nine of AEW Dynamite. I didn't really understand why Nick Jackson won this match. But after they gave that reason, I can't really hate on it, man. Because AEW, you know, they are always so locked in to what they've done in their history, man. They always throw callbacks and pay homage to things that have happened, man. So the fact that this happened on episode number nine between these two guys. And I remember that match, man. That was a fucking banger. That was a banger match. And this one was a banger as well. But this one was for the International Championship. Excellent match between these two. I don't know. Or is it episode eight or episode nine? I don't really know. I heard it was episode nine. One or the other. Um, This was an excellent match. I thought these two went out there and killed it. The injury to Ray Phoenix. You know, there were moments in this match where I kind of felt Phoenix's pain. I don't know what he's dealing with. I don't know if it's a back injury or a knee injury. I don't really know. But at WrestleDream, Penta wrestled that tag team match all by himself for most of the match. They took him out, and they wanted to save him specifically for this night. So Penta, even though the Lucha Brothers weren't factored to win that match on Sunday, they took Ray Phoenix out of the match to preserve him for this match against Nick Jackson tonight. As you guys know, Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix, you know, it's not going to be a chain wrestling fucking Matt Classic here. High-flying offense, big spots, you know, and the the, the typical stuff. Fast-paced stuff from both Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix. So we got a commercial break. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Phoenix swept the leg of Nick Jackson, spiked Nick Jackson right on the ring apron, uh, head first. He goes into a commercial break in control. Now, there was one part before the commercial break. Nick Jackson absolutely blasted his foot on the steel post, man. It made a sickening thud. Uh, uh, That looked nasty. That looked nasty. And then uh, Phoenix dropped him right on his head. We pick it up after the commercial break. They started to pick up speed here. 
Phoenix's back was the story with him. The foot was the story with Nick Jackson. And Jackson connected with two super kicks. Phoenix kipped up and collided with uh, Nick Jackson. Uh, and they both hit each other with high kicks. They both go double down. Phoenix hit a rolling her and Karana into a pin attempt. Jackson came back with a moonsault off the apron to the outside. The foot came into play after he had smashed it on the steel post. Phoenix tried for a rolling cutter, but Jackson countered with a cutter of his own as they teased a double countout. Back inside, both guys get back in. Jackson spiked Phoenix with his slingshot face buster. He signaled for a BTE trigger. Phoenix stopped. Both men showed off some fucking crazy agility here. Uh, and, and they were going back and forth. Uh, Jackson hit an avalanche cutter, which looked picture perfect for a two count on Ray Phoenix. Jackson then connected on a poison Rana. And Phoenix bounces off the ropes. He goes right into a Canadian destroyer. You know, spot like that. This is why people kind of nail AEW for shit like this, man. A poison Rana, and then Nick Jackson floats over the top rope. He bounces off the top rope to get momentum, or, or, or the ropes itself. He bounces off the ropes to deliver a Canadian destroyer on Ray Phoenix. So he dropped Ray Phoenix on his head, not once, but twice, and Ray Phoenix kicks out. Like, what are we doing? Any normal, man, that would be it. Moves like that don't really mean much of anything, man. This is why I claimed, where's the fucking psychology? Pilot driver used to mean a whole hell of a lot. Not anymore. Everybody's doing Canadian destroyers and fucking avalanche destroyers and poison ranas and avalanche poison ranas. I mean, you drop someone on their head, that should be it. Seriously. Phoenix blocked the super kick. He got hung up in the ropes. He had a double foot stomp and a frog splash on Nick Jackson for two. So Jackson countered a fire thunder driver into a roll-up. Phoenix countered that into a flash pin, and that was basically enough for Ray Phoenix to retain the international championship. I thought it was a fun match. I thought it was a... The pace of the match was perfect to start Dynamite, being that this was celebrating their four-year anniversary, man. It was a great throwback to what these guys did on episode number nine, and I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying Ray Phoenix as a solo I'm enjoying Penta as a solo. Obviously, we know how great they are as a tag team. I think they should remain this way for the time being. And Ray Phoenix now goes into next week and defends the international championship against a returning John Moxley, where I think John Moxley's getting his title back because John Moxley was never slated to lose the championship to Ray Phoenix at Grand Slam. Ray Phoenix. He held the title for what? Four weeks? Five weeks? Goodbye. Going to be curious to see who referees that match. If it's going to end up being Rick Knox, maybe he gets a do-over and does the right thing here and kind of amends himself after the botch at Grand Slam. But I absolutely predict John Moxley will, re will regain the international championship next week and be a two-time international champion. Footage of Adam Cole outside Roderick Strong's house. I was obviously very invested in this. And for a second week in a row, AEW's had sound issues coming from the network. 
Now, last week, we got this fucking buzzing sound or this Charlotte Flair-like android robot tone throughout the show. This week, we got a segment with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong where you basically needed to turn the TV up to volume 99 to hear anything that they were saying. I got basically zero sound. Now, from what I was told via people reaching out to me, the venue got sound. The people watching at home on TBS got no sound. The people who watched this show on Fight had no problem at all. Maybe we should pay the AEW plus fee of $5.99 or whatever it is to not have to deal with this problem. Whatever the case may be. They fixed the sound. Tony Khan played this segment. They went to commercial, and then they fixed the sound, and then they replayed the segment, and then they even uploaded it on their social media account so that you could get the feel of the segment. But for a second week in a row, especially with Adam Cole's uh, dino, uh, not Adam Cole, Adam uh, Copeland's debut. A lot of Adams. Adam! Adam Copeland's debut, man. You wanted this to kind of come off as a perfect show, and you don't want people kind of, you know, looking at uh, AEW's amateur hour here, man. They can't get their production to be spot on. I don't know what's going on, man. I know it's not their fault, but, you know, tell that to the fucking geeks online, man. They'll make uh, they'll make an excuse to blame AEW and call them fucking uh, the, the minor leagues here. So it is what it is. It's not really a good look, but they ended up fixing it anyway. So they aired Adam Cole visiting Roddy, and with the audio quality a mess, we didn't really get ex- initially what was being done here. But we came back... And Roddy gave Adam Cole a rolling stand-up scooter for him so that he can roll around with him on his bad ankle. Now, there was an interesting line by Adam Cole in this segment. He said that he put off. Now, again, I'm going I'm to take my conspiracy theory hat, my tinfoil hat, and I'm going to put it on. Adam Cole in this segment said that he put off getting ankle surgery. Meanwhile, we were all reading reports that Adam Cole's going into surgery and Britt Baker's going to be off TV to take care of Adam Cole when he needs him at home. This is what we read. And Adam Cole tonight in this promo, in this vignette, said that he put off ankle surgery so that he can spend time with Roderick Strong. My prediction still stands. This is absolutely a fucking work. No doubt about it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't know anything. I don't have any inside information. I don't know what's going on. I don't mingle with the fine folk over in AEW. I don't talk to them. All I can see is what I have seen with my own eyes on television. I honestly think that Adam Cole's injury was not as serious as they're making it out to be. And now all of a sudden, this has become the new story. Adam Cole is working everybody. I put off my surgery to spend a few hours, a few more hours with Roderick Strong. Great. And then in the same vignette, they got him lifting furniture? They got Adam Cole lifting furniture on the scooter with his bed ankle. He's lifting up Roddy's couch. He's lifting up Roddy's tables. 
He's lifting up Roddy's furniture in the apartment because he needs help moving. That's a man that looks injured? That's a man with a broken ankle in four different fucking places. One of the biggest parts of your show. That's what you're going to have him do. You're going to have him lifting a fucking couch with one arm? I don't know, man. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think this is all a work. Now, they're scooting around, and they're having a blast. They're acting like little kids, and they're all smiles. Strong said that he needed Cole to move furniture for him. Strong said that's what friends do. Cole ended up lifting these things around the house. As Strong, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett all watched, Strong was impressed with Adam Cole running around on one foot. When he tried to leave, Strong said he still needs his help because that's what best friends do. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but the audio kind of fucked this thing up, and them replaying it was good, and TBS, because of the mess up, gave AEW a 10-minute overrun. So in the end, we win. Moving on. Wardlow. Who? Yeah. Wardlow, remember him? The guy that cut his hair and ruined all of his aesthetics because he cut his hair, man. All for the greater good of the story. Wardlow, who, by the way, I'd love to see uh, Wardlow get back into dominant fashion. I really would. I'd love for Wardlow to grow his hair back so that we could get that old school Wardlow who dominates AEW television. It may be too little too late, though. Wardlow against Griff Garrison, the former tag team partner of Brian Pillman Jr. in the Varsity Blondes. No longer, as Brian Pillman Jr. is now in WWE's developmental called NXT. Wardlow wins here by a referee stoppage. He showed up, crowd popped. He went in there. He beat the shit out of Griff Garrison Five power bombs by Wardlow. Paul Turner stopped the match. Wardlow left, jumped the barricade, walked into the crowd, and we never seen Wardlow again for the rest of the show. We don't know where he went. We didn't get an interview. We didn't get anything from Wardlow. So AEW is now once again hitting the reset on Wardlow. Is it too little too late? Probably. I don't know what they're going to do with Wardlow any different than the last three times they tried to reset Wardlow. I said this once. I'm going to say it again. AEW does not know how to book big men. They don't. Lance Archer failed. Miro couldn't come up with creative for Miro for over a year. Didn't know what to do with Miro. Powerhouse Hobbs. He goes from green as grass to Taz and Team Taz. Then he joins QTV, and now he's in the Don Callis family. Powerhouse Hobbs is an absolute fucking stud and a a savage. The fact that you can't book Powerhouse Hobbs correctly, what does that say about AEW booking their big men? They don't know how to. And Wardlow has been a fucking complete and utter disaster. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it had to do with the MJF feud 
all those years ago? I don't know. I don't know. Did he rub people the wrong way? Did he ruffle a couple of feathers with that MJF incident? Did he say something that he shouldn't have? Did he fucking, uh, I don't know, did he bang someone's ex-wife? And we don't know about I have no idea. Wardlow should be absolutely at the top of the mountain in AEW, and he's got absolutely nothing to show for it. And they fucking cut his hair, which made him look like a creator wrestler in WWE 2K23. I feel sorry for him. But at the end of the day, AEW has not done Wardlow any favors. No matter how great Wardlow is, no matter how talented and agile and athletic Wardlow is, where does he fit on television? Ask yourself that question. Where does he fit on television? We're doing the same thing over and over and over again, man. You know, squash matches are effective for an upcoming new talent for a few weeks before they move them on into something a little bit more substantial. Wardlow, he is now back on television after creative failed him doing squash matches with Griff Garrison. How does anybody get excited about that? This is why I've stated Wardlow, as soon as his contract is up, I don't know why Wardlow would find any reason to stay with AEW. They're not going to give him the red carpet treatment. They're not going to roll him out with an ESPN fucking announcement. But WWE would love to have Wardlow. You don't think Triple H would love to get his hands and fucking mold Wardlow into being the next fucking Batista? They're already probably coming up with fucking creative. He's probably laying in bed with Stephanie as we speak, watching Dynamite. Hey, honey, you know, I'd love to have Wardlaw. I think his contract's up in a year or two. I'm going to make him into the next Dave Batista. Remember that? Remember the glory days, the good old days of uh, evolution. Remember that? Yeah, Paul, I'm trying to read, please. Guarantee Triple H already has fucking visions for Wardlaw. It's just the way it is. And this is going to be the way of free agency. AEW talent's going to join WWE. WWE talents are going to join AEW. Wardlow's going to join WWE. I advocate for it. I actually want it to happen. Because I think Wardlow's fucking great. Wardlow, once upon a time, was the guy that we all pegged as the man to beat MJF after a long, fruitful Roman Reigns-like title run. Man, oh man, that couldn't be fucking uh, anywhere on AEW television nowadays. But people from WWE are going to jump ship to AEW. I can see Sheamus joining AEW. You don't think Sheamus is ready to leave there? The fuck are they doing with him? Pete Dunne is doing more with Rich Holland on NXT than he's doing with the Brawling Brutes on SmackDown. Sheamus has made it very well known that WWE creative has failed him and the Brawling Brutes. I could absolutely see Sheamus joining AEW when his contract's up next year. Same thing with Drew McIntyre. Depends on what they give Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre may end up joining AEW if they don't give him what he thinks he's worth and the proper creative behind it. I don't think Drew McIntyre is set to win a world championship anytime soon over there. What's going to happen there? Maybe they line him up when Cody wins the championship, and that's going to be Cody's first major feud against Drew McIntyre when he wins the title from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I don't know. 
But I could see both of those guys starting over and doing incredibly well for Tony Khan and AEW. And that's just two. Talent will be traded back and forth. AEW will call War, or AEW fans will call Wardlow a traitor. They'll call Ricky Starks a traitor. WWE fans will call Drew McIntyre a sellout. And the world will go round and round. Clearly, these people did not live through the Attitude Era where defections happened almost monthly. It's just the nature of the beast. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great because not only is it great for the fans to watch, it also freshens up the shows, cycling old talent out, new talent in. And listen, I'm a content creator, man. I live for this shit. I love sitting in this chair in front of this fucking green screen. I love sitting in front of this camera talking about pro wrestling, man. The more, the more pro wrestling I have to talk about, the better I am and the more happier I am. So the content is not going to stop anytime soon. Which is great. But Wardlow beats Griff Garrison. Makes me wonder what they got planned for Wardlow. Is it going anywhere? Where's it going? Where's it going? TNT title can't do it. International championship, maybe. But what is he going to do? We've been in this vicious cycle with Wardlow over and over and over again, man. Unless they give me something substantial with him, I don't care. They have not showed you they cared. So I'm not going to care unless they show me once and for all that they actually do. Renee Paquette was backstage with Konosuke Takeshita and Don Callis, who said the AEW foundation has been shook to its course and Sammy Guevara pinned Chris Jericho at WrestleDream. And the doctors will not clear Sammy Guevara tonight. And thanks to a recommendation from Will Ospreay, Callis named Kyle Fletcher as Guevara's replacement for the tag team match tonight. Not to take anything away from Kyle Fletcher, because Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are fucking fantastic. But Kyle Fletcher is not Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara obviously plays a factor into this because of the storyline with Chris Jericho. So having Kyle Fletcher in there was kind of a, you know, boo-hoo letdown. But the match did not suffer at all from an in-ring aspect. Just the story had to be prolonged for another week before Sammy Guevara gets back to television. So, Callis said, no one remembers who wins the battles. They only remember who wins the war, a war that Don Callis will win. That's a shoot, folks. Nobody remembers, especially nowadays, the fans, nobody remembers who wins the small battles. It's only who wins the war. The Acclaimed and Daddy S defeated The Butcher, The Blade, and Kip Sabian. I have no idea why this match was on this show. I don't have any idea what they're doing with the trio's titles. The trio's titles at once upon a time were widely asked for. And now they are absolutely, and I mean this in no disrespectful way towards Anthony Bowens or Max Caster, but let's be real. The trios championships mean jack shit. The fucking value of this this near-empty can of iced tea that's sitting on my desk is more valuable than the fucking trios championships. Let's be real. Just another set of titles amongst a sea of titles in AEW that will mean nothing. And I know AEW knows this, but they refuse to do anything about it. 
Now let's look at the AEW World Championship, the most valuable title in the entire company. MJF has done unbelievable things with the world title. The International Championship has become the intercontinental title of the company. I wish there was a little bit more story revolving around the title instead of open challenges, but Orange Cassidy's title reign was fucking great. So that title, they got it spot on right. Then you got the TBS title. Not much of anything with the ladies. Open challenges. Chris Statlander's fucking great. We love Chris Statlander. But there's no story regarding that title. Nothing more than open challenges. Then you got the TNT title. The TNT title is starting to finally see rays of sunshine being down upon it. And that's because of the guys who hold the title. Look at Orange Cassidy, what he did with the title. Look at MJF and look at what he's doing with Triple B. Look at the TNT title. Look at the work Christian Cage has been doing. Some of the best work in the entire fucking industry. They need to do a better job. It's not all, it's not completely one-sided. They need to do a better job of picking the right people to put these titles on. The acclaimed should have never won those trios championships. Now, Malachi's hurt. Brody was hurt. Buddy, he's getting married to Rhea. Fuck Dominic. To the House of Black, they couldn't really hold the championships, but they go to the acclaimed and then they do nothing with them. Not really an upgrade there. The trios championships should have been a staple for the tag team division and give all of those other teams not vying for the titles held by FTR a chance to go for the trios championships. There's so many stables in this fucking company and you put it on the house of ass and they do nothing with it and you market belts with fucking scissors for straps so Max Caster could fucking tongue the end of his title. I don't really see the value in having them as champions except for them to sell 10 signature belts, real-life replicas, for $5,000 each. Is that all they're worth? Is that all these titles are worth? Is that what this division is worth? Let's do better. How many great wrestlers you got in this company that you can make into a trio, and you got the fucking house of ass doing nothing with them? Who won? Was it even for the titles tonight? No. I don't know. The acclaimed and daddy ass win. Nothing match that was better served for Rampage. Tony Storm. We got the final installment with RJ City. But Tony Storm, timeless Tony Storm. And RJ talked about her wrestling for 14 years. Storm threw a shoe at RJ City and said she's focused on the now, not 14 years ago. She grabs him by the shirt and says she is worrying about the now. He has no idea what it's like to be in the spotlight and have all your friends leave you. She said she always asks if she has it or is just lucky and wonders if it could all be taken away. RJ said, you're not even old. Tony then had an epiphany and said over and over again in a very dramatic tone, I'm timeless. I'm timeless. 
Her new nickname is now Timeless. Tony Storm, according to the graphics that we've seen on the show, hyping up her match with Sky Blue later on in the show. So, you know, I think the nickname is great. I do, but let's not make it a regular thing where we give everybody fucking nicknames. I know Vince McMahon loves to give nicknames out to everybody. The Ring General, Gunther. And we got the visionary, Seth freaking Rollins. And then we got sensational, Santos Escobar. And whatever else they're fucking doing. Big, Bronson Reed. Everybody's got a fucking nickname. The Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Everybody's got a fucking nickname. The greatest of all time, John Cena. He's not the greatest of all time. Sorry. That's reserved for either Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker. Sorry. That's just my personal opinion. Who else got a nickname over there? You guys get my point. Why do we need nicknames? They don't need nicknames. Do they make them, does the nicknames make them more marketable? It makes them sound fucking like you're reading a a, a four-year-old child a story. Seth freaking Rollins, the ring general, Gunther. Now we got timeless Tony Storm. Now I get it looks great on a billboard, but you don't need to throw it in everybody's face. I'll accept timeless Tony Storm. I think it sounds good. But let's not make it a, uh, a thing where we start calling everybody with a fucking nickname. Brian Danielson. They cut to a vignette that he caught right after Wrestle Dream after his win over Zack Sabre Jr. Nicknames are a thing in wrestling, JD. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's good. Brian Danielson said he's never gotten to wrestle that style of match in front of the AW fans. He says he's a little bit upset, though, because he thought they'd determine who the best technical wrestler is. He yelled that Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't have the heart and soul that he has to go out there and compete. Then they showed sound bites or queued up sound bites of Zack Sabre Jr. as well. And it looks like we're getting a rematch at some point. I don't know where. I don't know how. I don't know when. But the fact that Zack Sabre Jr. did not shake Brian Danielson's hand at the end of the match, the fact that Nigel McGuinness called out Brian Danielson by winning the match with a Busaiko knee, which is an offensive wrestling maneuver, not a submission move. So how could he be the best technical wrestler in the world if he only won with a Busaiko knee? And then we got Brian Danielson saying here that he's upset because he thought they determined who the best technical wrestler in the world was, which they clearly did not. Can you say rematch? It's happening. A video package aired on Swerve Strickland beating Adam Hangman Page at WrestleDream. Hangman said Swerve's cheating doesn't put him in his position. So it looks like we're setting up potentially for a rematch between Adam Page and Swerve Strickland, and I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Because I did question on Sunday when we were live with Jesse, where does Swerve go from here? Does he go right into a championship program? I mean, they could very well be doing that. Swerve versus Brian Danielson. You want to keep that momentum up, beating Hangman and then Brian Danielson two out of three weeks. I mean, you can't get any better than that for Swerve Strickland. 
So if someone needs to win that match, it's probably going to end up being Swerve. And I don't doubt in my mind that Brian Danielson will do the job and do what needs to be done for Swerve because that's the type of guy Brian Danielson is. Brian Danielson doesn't really want championships. He doesn't need championships. He doesn't even need to be wrestling for championships. He just wants to fucking wrestle and beat the shit out of people. That's all he wants to do. So give this opportunity to Swerve. TB, uh, not the TBS, the TNT title. TNT title, number one contendership, man. Can you imagine Swerve versus Christian? Now, I don't know when we dropped the title off of Christian, but if Swerve is the number one contender, I mean, there's an opening there for him to win his first set of gold in AEW. And I don't know how anybody could be against that. But it looks like we may be getting a rematch with Adam Page at some point. And that match with Brian next week is going to be absolutely a fucking banger. Can't wait to see that, man. That is worth the price of admission alone. What are you going to watch? John Cena stand in the corner of Carmelo Hayes or Swerve versus Brian Danielson, man? I know what I'll be watching. A clip out of Jay White and the MJF segment last week and then the attack at the end of Dynamite with the masked man attacking Jay White. Excalibur said that MJF said the mask was stolen from his locker room. A lot of people end up believing MJF, man. A lot of people, the commentary team said they believed MJF was telling the truth. Bullet Club Gold made their way to the ring. Obviously, Jay White wasn't there. So all three of them, Austin, Colton, and Rock Hard, Juice Robinson. Now, tonight, tonight, I don't know. We're coming close to solving this case, man. There is no doubt in my mind what is making Juice rock hard. No doubt in my mind. So they're out there. Austin Gunn asks, who's ready for story time with the Bang Bang Gang, baby? I thought the Guns should have won that four-way match at Wrestle Dream, but the fuck do I know? Austin said they're not there to talk about the soft, brittle, injury-prone one, but rather the short, brown-haired one who calls himself the devil. Colton Gunn then called MJF the people's douchebag. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, scumbag. He's their scumbag. He made fun of him for coming up with tofu as an insult. Juice said... You know, for all the people that say MJF is so great at what he does, the best you came up with was tofu? A little questionable. I mean, Juice has got a point, man. Juice has got a point. A little questionable there with the uh, the promo last week. I get where he was going, but you know, who eats tofu? I guess that's where MJF was going, man. I, I never touched one piece of tofu in my entire life. Not going to start now. He said he jumped white. Because he's scared. So they're all blaming MJF. Juice called him to come to the ring because he has some explaining to do. We got a pause. Juice said that MJF's not man enough. And MJF's music eventually played. So MJF comes out. He's on the stage. Cut my music. Cut my music. The devil has arrived in Stockton, California. He says they were making interesting accusations He called Juice a talentless taint. Juice grabbed his crotch and said, I've got a rock hard taint. Again, again, 
After tonight, it's not a mystery as to what makes Juice rock hard. I know there's some lore around that. Just open your eyes. So Juice has got a rock hard taint. MJF says they're about to have one of the loudest dueling chants of all time. Ass boys. And then talentless taint. MJF got Stockton, California to say ass boys and talentless taint. MJF says he's done a lot of horrible things in this life. And since this is the fourth anniversary of Dynamite, he's going to list them off. He says he's a raging narcissistic uh, asshole, so he wanted a louder cheer. So fans cheered louder. He says he threw Jericho off the top of the cage to his near death. He whipped Cody Rhodes ten times with his belt, which was fucking great television. Man, oh man, was that great television. He whipped Cody ten times. He gave several children dodgeball-related injuries. And he almost got them kicked off TV when he decided to call his boss, Tony Khan, a fucking mark. MJF says he knows for a fact that he didn't beat White, a.k.a. Tofu, last week. Some fans chanted Tofu. He suggested they have a Stockton street fight tonight. So he took off his shirt. He marched to the ring. And the guns and Juice bailed out. All of a sudden, MJF's in the ring, and Juice shows up. Uh, not Juice. Uh, Jay White shows up, and Jay White attacks MJF from behind then delivers a blade runner to the champ, downs him in the middle of the ring. Now, White took the AEW title belt off of MJF, put it over his shoulder, and walked up to the stage with the AEW title. He says he's a cut above who MJF usually deals with, so your cheap parlor tricks and games won't work. He says they don't believe his denial, unlike all of these filthy pores. He said MJF is a dirty, pathetic liar and a slimy, gutless coward. He said AEW needs a true elite champion, and MJF is not him. He then challenged MJF to prove him wrong by defending against him at full gear. MJF accepted the challenge. Now, right out of the gate, I am very excited to see Tony Khan and AEW Creative announce this match with six weeks to go before full gear. Great. That's exactly what needs to be done. I'm going to be very interested to see how they fill six weeks of TV time with this story. There's a lot of moving parts here. We could see the reemergence of the man or the woman, whoever's in the devil mask. They could continue to attack Jay White. They could target other members of the Bullet Club. We could see Adam Cole and Roddy. We could see MJF and Adam Cole. There was an instance tonight where Adam Cole said that he prolonged his ankle surgery to spend more time with Roddy. Bullet Club attacked MJF in a four-on-one. MJF then tried to call Adam Cole, who did not pick up his call. So you see where all of this is kind of coming and leading to. So I, I, I do think that they have the resources to sell another six weeks of TV with what we've been given so far. There's a lot of moving parts here. Do they keep us interested for the duration of the six weeks? I'm going to bank and say yes. And we get an MJF-Jay White match that's absolutely going to 
possibly be, A, a match of the year contender. It's going to be a fucking classic. It's going to be a banger. MJF is going to add Jay White to a list of people that he slayed this year. I do think that Adam Cole should be the one to take the title off of MJF, but if Adam Cole is legitimately injured, we could see Jay White beat MJF. We could see Adam Cole reveal himself to be the devil and that this was all a master plan to get back at Max and stab Max in the back first. Now, do I want to see MJF lose the championship right now? No. But if Jay White is the recipient of one of the biggest works of all time, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Jay White holding the AW championship, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Oh, by the way, where are all the geeks that continue to, or I don't think they're, I think they're very quiet right now. I don't think anybody's continuing anything. But where are all the geeks, man, in the first two months of Jay White's arrival in AEW? Remember all those geeks? You know, what was her name? Stephanie Chase from Fightful? Where are all these geeks and these unknowledgeable fucking hacks who claim that Jay White was dead and buried? Man, oh man, I don't hear a fucking peep out of them now! Right? He wasn't buried then. He wasn't dead then. And he's not dead and buried now. I don't see how that even was a remote thought in anybody's head. And as soon as that statement was said, I called her out on it and she blocked me. And then AEW puts Jay White and the Bullet Club in a main event on collision with CM Punk and FTR. Dead. Their main event in Collision. They were basically the best part of Collision. The Bullet Club, Jay White and Juice, probably have the best tag team match of the entire year with FTR. Dead? Man, oh man, if those are the types of people Fightful is hiring, man, I think they need to do better as far as the hiring process is concerned. Awful. You know, not, not everybody is slated to have a fucking podcast and have it be successful, man. Some people just not cut out for this line of work. I fortunately am. My wrestling IQ is a lot better than most. That was a terrible opinion. Jesus Christ. So what? That everybody wanted Jay White to win the world champion. Imagine Jay White was already an AEW champion based off his fucking prior history in New Japan. And Tony Khan brought him in. He won the championship. Jay White's the world champion. Where does he go from there? As soon as you reach the top, you go nowhere but down. Now Jay White started from the bottom, trickled his way up. Bullet Club is fucking great television. They added the guns. They added Jay White and the Bullet Club to this Adam Cole NJF drama. He's continuing to raise his stock. Imagine he wins the world championship now as compared to when she wanted him to win the world championship in the first two months. How much better off is Jay White now? Unbelievable. Unreal, man. You guys are still giving nicknames in the chat, huh? You guys are still giving nicknames in the chat. Man, I really must have struck a chord with somebody here. I think this is great stuff. Should Jay White beat MJF? Listen, if it happens, it happens. Because the greatest story here is MJF and Adam Cole. But I have I have it in my head, man. I've I, I spoken to Jesse about this. I, I genuinely think that if it's a work, it should be Adam Cole. Adam Cole 
Why would Adam Cole want Jay White to do the job? The whole thing is Adam Cole wants the world championship. So if it is a work, Adam Cole absolutely should be the mastermind behind all this. Take out Jay White. Take out the Bullet Club. We get fucking Kingdom versus Bullet Club. Adam Cole's the champion. MJF continues to chase Adam Cole. And MJF becomes the biggest fucking prick babyface tweener in the history of AEW. That's the way I see it going. To me, that's great television. For MJF to break out as the modern-day rock Austin, going back to the fucking prick MJF that we all fucking loved, we all love his babyface work. Now, imagine MJF fucking lets his guard down and gets stabbed in the back only to fucking become the biggest babyface, and everybody sympathizes with him as he just fucking goes balls to the wall MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the biggest fucking, you thought he was the biggest prick then. Imagine that as a fucking true blue-collar baby face, man. That To me, that's just great television, man. To me, that is just great television. That's where I see it going. But if Jay White ends up winning the championship and we get MJF trying to seek revenge on Adam Cole, I'm not going to necessarily hate that. I just don't think that's the best direction for the storyline to go in. We'll see, man. This is what's making AEW must-see television every week. This is great shit, man. LTB, long-term booking. There's a reason why it's something that we do on the show, man. LTB. We have a t-shirt. It's in the intro. Nothing beats long-term booking. Nothing. Moving on. Renee interviewed Hook. And Orange Cassidy, backstage. Cassidy says they would have made great tag team champions. He told Hook that he is a champion. He is not. Hook told Cassidy that he should be a champion again, and it should be him against Phoenix next week instead of Mox. Cassidy said, well, he was champion for 11 months, and Moxley was just champion for three weeks. They shared Lay's potato chips, and Renee was disgusted. Didn't know what to say, and she denied any potato chips. So I guess Orange Cassidy and Hook are going to remain a possible tag team? I don't mind that either. Is it a downgrade for Orange Cassidy after being international champion for 11 months and having an incredible title reign? Sure. But what are you going to do? He's got to move on at some point. Teaming with Hook is not the worst idea. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Tag team match here against Kyle Fletcher and Konosuke Takeshita. This was a very good tag team match. And this actually went through two commercial breaks, man. They got nearly 20 minutes for this thing. Really fun stuff. Don Callis uh, joined on commentary. Kyle Davis, uh, not Kyle Fletcher, filling in for uh, Sammy Guevara because uh, of injury, I suppose. I don't know what the problem is there. Maybe he legitimately got hurt at Wrestle Dream. Mark Davis, Mark Davis of the Aussie Open. Uh, there was a story potentially that he maybe hurt his wrist during the tag team match at Wrestle Dream against FTR. So uh, Kyle Kyle Fletcher here, uh, relatively unscathed, coming out of Seattle, teaming with Mister Kanosuke Takeshita. So we go through one commercial break. Not much happened there. Takeshita did a series of ducks of a couple of clotheslines, and uh, he gained control going into the commercial break. Uh, So we come back from break. Jericho's in control, hits a lion salt 
on Kyle Fletcher. He makes the hot tag eventually after being beaten down to Kenny Omega. He ran wild. Fletcher, uh, in fact, escaped the you can't escape. Takeshita couldn't uh, escape it. He was uh, basically stuck. He got hit with it. Rolling fireman's carry, big corner backstabber on Fletcher. Omega and Takeshita then traded shots until Fletcher blindsided Omega with a snapdragon. Takeshita and Fletcher traded some haluva kicks and a blue thunder bomb with some Michi Noku drivers. So they both had Jericho and Kenny Omega in a double two count off of a blue thunder bomb and a Michi Noku driver. Always love to see the influence of El Generico in AEW. Sami Zayn's great. Omega fought off a tombstone. I believe this was by Kyle Fletcher into a snapdragon. Uh, Jericho made the tag back in. He goes into the corner on Fletcher with a 10 corner punches and a Hurin Karana, which looked beautiful by Jericho on Fletcher. Takeshita flew in with a clothesline. Omega hit a pump knee and Fletcher hit multiple super kicks, followed with a brain buster on Omega. Fletcher and Jericho then have a striking battle. Both collide on a double clothesline. We go to another commercial break. Jericho, after the commercial, had the walls of Jericho locked on Kyle Fletcher. It took to catch the multiple boots to break it up. Omega makes another tag back in. He has a slugfest with Kyle Fletcher. Big knee lift, power bomb, charging knee on Fletcher. Omega gets a two count. Takeshita, he sees Omega setting up for a V-trigger. He put a stop to that. He suffered a knee right to the back. A snap dragon by Omega on Takeshita. Fletcher then tried for another Michinoku driver on Omega, but Omega shoved him into a Judas effect. He fell back into a one-winged angel, and that was it. Kyle Fletcher ain't getting up from that, man. One-winged angel by Omega. One, two, three, and that was it. Callis on commentary was very unhappy, and he said Fletcher screwed him and the Don Callis family. Now, as Callis was trash-talking from the stage, Jericho and Omega were out of nowhere, blindsided by Powerhouse Hobbs. Where the fuck did he come from? So he laid out Jericho with a spine buster. Omega was tossed out to the floor. He was tossed over the barricade into the fourth row. Hobbs was beating the shit out of Omega. He trapped Omega headfirst in between a guardrail, which was gimmicked to fit Omega's head through the guardrail. Uh, That would be a fucking problem if his head legitimately went through a normal guardrail. So they head back to the ring. Callus and Takeshita then get Omega, tie him up in the ropes. They actually tape him up with duct tape on the top rope. Jericho tried saving Omega, but Hobbs cracked him in the ribs with the steel chair. Omega's hand came free from the top rope. So Hobbs and Takeshita had to hold him. And Callus took the steel chair and a chair shot, an unprotected chair shot by Don Callis to the head of Kenny Omega. The crowd oohed and odd. There was a dent in the chair. It didn't look terrible. It didn't look like Callus blasted Omega. And that was the way the segment ended. No Matt Jackson, no Nick Jackson. Commentary said that the match earlier sent Nick Jackson to the hospital. Matt Jackson joined Nick in the hospital. Paige wasn't here. 
tonight. So Kenny Omega had none of the elite there. And apparently Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho have no fucking friends in AEW either. They were, they were just allowed to get beaten into a pulp by Will Hobbs and the Don Callis family. This was a great segment. This was a great match, great segment. The addition of Powerhouse Hobbs, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to hear an explanation because uh, this is going to be interesting from Don Callis, which I'm, I'm assuming he's going to knock it out of the park as far as an explanation as to why, on, on to why he enlisted Will Hobbs here. But, you know, I feel bad for Hobbs up until this point because, you know, he came in very generic, very green. He joined Team Taz. He feuded with Starks. He started to finally come out of his shell a little bit, cut a little bit more promo work on his own, away from Team Taz. And then he joined QTV. He won the TNT title, had a little small little stint there, feud with Wardlow. And now he feuded with Miro, which I would have loved to see continue, but they're not going and doing that anymore. I mean, there was definitely an open there for a rematch. I don't know why we haven't done that. Maybe they still will. I have no idea. But now he's involved in the Don Callis family business with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. And now he's potentially in the Don Callis family. Why? We don't know yet. But at first glance and my first reaction to it, I don't mind it. I think it's a great fit. I genuinely think it's a great fit. Will Hobbs could certainly use someone like Don Callis to continue getting that nuclear heat. Right now, Don Callis is the most hated man in wrestling. He's fucking great. He's just so vile that the fans love to hate him, and it's great television. Sammy Guevara is going to be put over big as a heel because of Don Callis. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be put over heel as a dominating heel because of Don Callis. This is where AEW has suffered. This is where they've had problems. It seemingly looks like Don Callis is AEW's resident, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Not really Tim. The, I guess that's a terrible analogy because Tim the Toolman Taylor fucked everything up. He is basically Al Borland to Tim the Toolman Taylor. Al Borland fixed up everything that Tim fucked up. So basically, AEW is using Don Callis as Al Borland. He's Mr. Fix-It-Up. Mr. Fixer-Upper. Sammy Guevara was suffering. He flatlined a little bit. Where do you go with him? Do you team him with Jericho? Do they go babyface? Does anybody want to see a Sammy Guevara babyface run? Kind of been boring as a, a, bo- uh, a babyface, Sammy Guevara. As a heel, it just comes off a little bit more naturally. He wasn't going to be able to do it on his own because I don't think there'd be enough heat there. But with Don Callis, there's enough heat. With Don Callis, there's a new direction and a fresh direction. Real heat. Same thing with Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs is great. Will Hobbs was doing very well on his own. But he needs he needs that extra support. Don Callis is going to be that extra support. They want Hobbs to be a heel. Fine. Would he be a good heel on his own? Sure. But AEW doesn't want to put the effort, the time, and the resources into building Will Hobbs on his own, just as Will Hobbs. So Will Hobbs now has joined Don Callis, and Don Callis is going to get Will Hobbs to the next level. Will Hobbs versus Kenny Omega? Will Hobbs versus Jericho? I like it. I think it's great. So he's taken two people in Will Hobbs and Sammy Guevara who could have been fine on their own. They, They could have been decent on their own. Sammy's been good 
He's been better than decent, but, you know, where do you go with him? This is going to give both guys a fresh coat of paint, and it's going to take them legitimately to the next level because Don Callis is the next level. He is next level television. Love it. Renee Paquette was backstage with MJF in the trainer's office and asks how he's feeling when the acclaimed and daddy ass walked in from behind. Now, the trainer was getting some kinks out of MJF's neck and shoulders. So, Caster comes over and scoots the doctor away and starts massaging MJF's neck. MJF immediately knew that it wasn't the same pair of hands that was previously touching him. So he leapt up and, and looked at him and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm so sick of you. You're a stalker, bro. Leaving me weird notes in my bag. Leaving me shit on social media. Caster said it's not like that. MJF said he's going to get a restraining order on him. Caster smiled. He wanted a scissor. And MJF said, no, I don't want to fucking scissor you. And then Max Caster said, you're the man. You're the man. You're the king. And then he walked away. So MJF got pissed off. He said, I can't, I can't, I can't do this shit. I can't do this shit on my own. I need my boy. I need my bro Chacho here. Calls Adam Cole. Ring, ring, ring. It goes right to voicemail. And Adam Cole does not pick up. Now, two things in this segment. Number one, the disappointed look on MJF's face when Adam Cole did not pick up for him when previously they were inseparable. Right there. Perfect. Loved it. Second thing is, I love, just for the sake of it, they brought whatever... Max Caster does to MJF and whatever Max Caster says to MJF on social media, which is very, it's very out there, man. Let me tell you, it's very out there. They kind of brought that kind of inside joke shit to television, which if you're not following them on social media, it's probably going to go right right over your head. But uh, I enjoyed that for the little uh, quirkiness that it was. And then the phone call, the phone call from MJF to Adam Cole As soon as the phone started ringing and you heard the phone ringing on the PA system in the arena, the fans in Stockton, California were yelling, Adam! The phone was ringing and the crowd was yelling for Adam to pick up the phone, man. I don't believe Roddy got yelling Adam's name, Adam Cole's name, over to a point where it's basically their version of LA Knights. Yeah! You gotta love it, man. You got to love it. Moving on. We got a vignette of Samoa Joe. He was sitting in what looked to be a nice cozy lounge. He had a cigar. He had what looked to be an old-fashioned, a nice cold beverage for my guy Samoa Joe. He said he's hungry to be a champion, and MJF will soon find that out. He got... MJF to shake his hand. He earned the respect from Samoa Joe that MJF at Grand Slam, but MJF will soon find that out. Looks like MJF has uh, a fucking massive bullseye on his head for that AEW World Championship. He's not going to be able to do it on his own. He's going to end up potentially succumbing to all this pressure and stress, man. He can't do it on his own. Timeless, Tony Storm. She came out there and she got this black and white effect and she's got smeared lipstick all over her face. Man, she's uh, right out of a Dick Tracy movie, man. 
Gotta love it. Black and white effect. She's wrestling Sky Blue. Did anybody notice anything different about Sky Blue tonight, man? We didn't see that pretty smile from Sky Blue that we normally see, right? She looked a little a little down. She looked a little depressed. She looked a little black. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on there. Didn't Julia Hart spray some mist, some black poisonous mist in the eyes, in the face of Sky Blue, man? Is Sky Blue turning black? I don't know, man. It's a little darker tonight, huh? Listen, man, I'll take listen, I'll take sky blue any fucking color you want, man. Blue, red, yellow, purple, green, white, black. I don't, even, I don't give a fuck what she's looking like, man. But a black, a darker sky blue, man, I think I can get behind that. I think I can get behind that, man. I still don't know what they're putting in the fucking water in Chicago, man. It's gotta be something. Jesse's gotta do an investigation. Anyway, Tony Storm won here. Uh, not much to this thing. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was just basically a showcase to get Timeless. The debut of Timeless. Tony Storm out there. And uh, Sky Blue spun out of a early attempt of a Storm Zero into a roll-up for a two. Uh, lit up Tony Storm with some forearm shots. Blue followed with a big rising knee in Zaguri. Uh, that followed uh, with her going to the top row for a high cross body for a near fall. Storm slipped through uh, Sky Blue's Skyfall and hit a sit-out chokeslam bomb for a two. Storm was insulted by the two count, and then uh, she ate a thrust kick by Sky Blue. Storm came back with a snap German, and she was ready for a close-up. They completely zoomed in on her like they do uh, in Japan for Okada when he does, uh, or they zoom out, rather. Uh, They did a close zoom-in where she has all this fucking lipstick all over her face. She looks psychotic. And then she hit Sweet Cheek Music, which looked fucking brutal. And then a Storm Zero pile driver for the one, two, three, and timeless. Tony Storm gets the victory. Good job. Good job. Stokely Hathaway. It's been a while since we've seen him on AEW television. He's the uh, new managerial representative, I guess, for Ring of Honor, or has been in that role for a little bit. Who gives a shit about Ring of Honor? He was backstage with Renee Paquette and informed Eddie Kingston since he's the commissioner. Sorry, man. Commissioner Stokely Hathaway of Ring of Honor. There will be a four-way on Rampage to determine who gets the next title shot at the ROH World title. Hathaway informed Kingston that he will be on commentary for that match as Ring of Honor needs a world champion who smells like Tom Ford and not Burger King and Newport. Stokely's money. I don't know why they have him as a commissioner for Ring of Honor, a dead brand. He should be on Dynamite, along with the other people that I don't think should be on that show, like Samoa Joe and Athena, Willow. Come on now. And we got the ladies... Being the last match of the night, man. The last segment was Adam Copeland and his statement to the AEW universe. The AEW fans. The AEW faithful. We're not a universe over here. Adam Copeland is in the ring. Shivani introduced Adam Copeland. 
And Taz says he's known Copeland a long time, and it's great to see him in AEW. Yes, it's great to see Adam Copeland in AEW. Shivani said his arrival was the biggest news in pro wrestling this week. Copeland then looks at Shivani and says that Shivani's voice was the soundtrack to his childhood. He told Shivani he loves him, but this is his ring now, so hit the bricks. He meant it in a loving way. He didn't mean it in a demeaning way to Tony Schiavone. And Tony Schiavone said, you know what? The floor is yours, my friend. Do what you got to do. Fans were chanting, Adam. Adam! They weren't chanting it like that, but they were chanting for Adam. Easier to chant than Edge. He said he's never heard that chanted before, but he kind of likes it. Let's keep that going. He said in 2011... He was told that he could never wrestle again, but it's 2023 and he's standing in an AEW ring. It's amazing how, you know, I I thought about this with Edge and his neck injury, man. The neck injury, you know, my best friend Pete was in Hartford, Connecticut when he retired. He always tells me that he was sitting right there. That shit was fucking tearful, man. I I cried when that man retired. I cried when Brian retired, you know, and then unfortunately Soraya had to retire retired because of an unfortunate circumstance at a house show with Sasha Banks. I don't think many people realize that at once upon a time, we were told Adam Copeland would never wrestle again. We were told once upon a time that Brian Danielson would never wrestle again. We were told once upon a time that Soraya would never wrestle again. And here they are all in AEW and they're all wrestling on TV. Soraya is the women's champion. Brian Danielson is absolutely fucking killing it in everything he does. And Adam Copeland looks phenomenal. I mean, that is unbelievable. It's fucking amazing to see where all three have come from. Unbelievable. And it goes to show you how far medical advancements have been made since 2011. It's crazy. We got an AEW champ breaking out here. He said the AEW championship would look good around his waist. Yes, it would. It's quite the mission statement and an easy one to make. He wants to be AEW world champion. That should be on everybody's top of the list. I don't give a shit who you are. You're coming into the company. That should be your ultimate goal. I want to be the AEW champion. He said there's a roster full of compelling first-time matchups for him. He referred to himself in the third person. He said he'd never do that before. He's never done that before, and I I don't want to do that again. It sounds weird. He listed John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Miro, Powerhouse Hobbs, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. He said these names, and he did men- he, d- he, d- he mentioned these names, which is nothing wrong with these names, but he did leave off a few notable names. He did leave off a few notable names. He left off MJF. He left off Adam Cole. He left off Brian Danielson, Cesaro, Claudio. He left off a couple of notable names. Eddie Kingston, Samoa Joe. He said the fans are helping make this happen. He said the main reason he decided to come to AEW is that he sat down with his family. He asked his daughters, who are seven and nine years old, and asked them if he should retire. He said Lyric told him, you should go have fun with Uncle Jay. You guys know him as Christian Cage. He says he's referring to Christian Cage. He called Christian to the ring so he could tell him the real reason why he joined AEW. Copeland looked at the stage. He didn't come out at first. Christian's music plays. He enters the ring. 
They're standing face to face. We get a chant of holy shit. 2023, we got Edge, Adam Copeland, and Christian Cage in the fucking same ring together where WWE didn't want anything to do with these two guys in the same ring together. Now it's happening. Everybody jumped down Adam Copeland's throat for joining AEW. The reason why he joined AEW is right there in the ring on your TV while everybody's chanting, holy shit. This is what he wanted. This is what's going to make his heart full. Good. So he's out there. And after the holy shit chant dies down, Edge talked about being best friends with Christian before the industry, and the industry made them believe they'd be best friends for life. 40 years he's known Christian. He says he's sure Christian wants to know why he did what he did at WrestleDream. He says he sees Christian's face looking more like a bleep as usual. I don't know what he said there. I wasn't watching it on Fight or I wasn't watching an uncensored stream. I, I don't know what he said there. He said even though he knows all about him, he still loves him and that will never go away. But he said he saw him standing over Sting, a guy whose poster you brought to the barber shop so the barber would cut your hair the same way Sting cut his. You were Sting, and I was Lex Luger. And he said Sting has entertained people for over four decades and caused people to feel for four decades. He started to get a little angry here. He says you can't stand back and watch him smash him with a concerto. People said that uh, he said dick. M looking more like a dick than usual. I guess, I guess he said that. I guess he said that. Sting entertained people for four decades. I can't stand back and watch you smash Sting with a concerto. He said he also did it because he knows that Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are going to drop him as soon as they've sucked all the information out of his head. He said Christian's too egotistical to see it coming. Adam Copeland said he's there because it's time for them, for the first time in over 20 years, to team together and face teams like FTR. Face teams like the Young Bucks and show a whole new generation of fans why they are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. He asked Christian to do it again and end their careers as a team. Fans chanted one more time, one more time. Christian held out his hand. Adam Copeland handed him the microphone. They hugged and they embraced. Christian with a microphone in his hand, while still hugging Adam Copeland, said, go fuck yourself. Crowd absolutely booed and gasped in disbelief. Christian released Edge, Adam Copeland, from the hug, walked out of the ring while fans were chanting asshole very loudly at him. Christian stood on top of the ramp with the TNT title. He got up on top of the stage and told him, I want to remind you what you're going to be going up against Tuesday live on Dynamite next week. Luchasaurus' music played. He walked out with Nick Wayne, and they stood side by side with Christian as the show went off the air. This was an amazing segment. In fact, I'm going to go back and watch it again after I'm done with this stream. That's how fucking good it was. 
I mentioned before why everybody got on Edge's case or Copeland's case for joining AEW. You see it now why he joined AEW. Adam Copeland's going to do more, more good than CM Punk ever did for AEW. And that doesn't mean CM Punk didn't do anything good for AEW. CM Punk and MJF have one of the best, if not the best, storyline in AEW history. With one of the best matches in AEW history. With a dog collar match. CM Punk did a lot of good. The potential for CM Punk in AEW was fucking unbelievable. The first dance was one of the greatest moments ever. Watching that happen. But it was a ticking time bomb. We didn't want to believe it, but that's what the reality of the situation was. You're not going to get that with Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland got CM Punk's money to do what CM Punk should be doing for this company. He's going to lead that locker room. He's going to make AEW television better, and he's going to do it with a smile on his face, and everybody in that locker room is going to respect the shit out of what this man has brought the industry for 25 years. I, for one, am fucking thrilled that he's with AEW. If his body could still go, I am glad and fortunate that we get to see that man wrestle. He's one of the greatest of all time. Everybody should want to aspire to be like Edge, especially in this last three years of his run. He didn't have to do it, but he's doing it anyway. The man's got dreams, hopes, and aspirations, and listed guys like Kenny Omega, and he wants the AW World title. He mentioned Kazuchika Okada, Jay White, John Moxley, Miro. A lot of varying styles there. A lot of varying styles that Edge did not get in WWE, and WWE wasn't going to make the effort to give him what he wanted. Clearly what he wanted, everybody wants to be paid. I don't give a shit what your profession is. The first thing anybody talks about is, what am I making? Every time I get a sponsorship, they want to know, what, am I, what do you want? What do you want to be paid? I let them know. Or I ask, hey, man, are you taking sponsorships? I want something to be plugged on the show. Yeah, this is what I want. This is what we uh, charge here for a sponsorship on the channel or an ad on the channel. What am I making? So that's out of the question. I mean, that's, that's with anybody. You could do anything. What am I making? Well, how much money am I making? But he went to AEW, yeah, because he got paid. But for the rich, fulfilling pro wrestling that's going to fill this man's fucking heart, he clearly still wanted to wrestle. You throw in his boys and Dax and Cash and his best friend and Christian Cage. I mean, that's just the... Uh, Cherry and the frosting on top of the fucking cupcake, man. You cannot look at that man and deny that he loves pro wrestling. You cannot look at that man and say he made a bad choice, that he's a sellout, that he's a turncoat, he's a Benedict Arnold. What the fuck's wrong with you? How do you watch this segment tonight and not have fucking excitement rushing through your veins? How do you watch this segment tonight and not get excited for next week's show? And the potential story that is going to be. You know, Christian's on a run of a fucking lifetime as a heel, man. I would not stop this anytime soon. But the story here is, Adam Copeland is back. And he wants to do business with his best friend. Hey, hey man, I'm here. I'm here, finally. I'm free. Let's do this. 
Let's show a new generation what we, what we did. We're innovators. The greatest of all time. Christian doesn't want that. Christian's absolutely in this storyline looking at Adam Copeland like, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, now you want to come join me over here while you are over there because you've seen me achieve things that you haven't in the last three years. I'm having a bigger career than you are right now at our age. I'm finally doing my own thing And now you're back to take my spotlight away after I joined AEW to create my own spotlight and make a name for myself. Now you're back over here to take this away from me again? Story is very simple. Story is so fucking easy to tell. I mean, if you're not excited about that, that's every bit of long-term booking that you could possibly ask for. On top of that, Adam Copeland is not going to stop until he gets his best friend back. His best friend now is basically poisoned. His best friend is poisoned. The poison that's running through Christian Cage's veins is the TNT title. Christian will lose that TNT title, and Edge will not stop. He's not losing it to, to, to Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland's not going to be the new TNT champion. I, I don't know why that would happen. But Adam Copeland is going to do everything within his power to have his best friend back. It will result in a match between the two at some point. When, where, how, why? I don't know. But that's what we have to look forward to. And when that match happens, you know that they're going to end up teaming together. But right now, we're in the beginning stages of this story. Why is Adam Copeland here? He wants to be with uh, his best friend. Christian doesn't want anything to do with him. Adam Copeland's going to try his best to get back Christian Cage to the way he remembers him. He can't do that while Christian's the TNT champion. This is all going to result in a match, and it's going to result in Edge and Christian doing fucking poses in the ring, and they're going to do the tag team thing, and they're going to rule the world again. If they can stay healthy. If Edge can stay healthy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Marathon, I'm not writing the story, man. I I mean, if you're a fan of what these guys have done, I mean, the story is very simple. You don't need to go over the top here. You don't need to fucking overcomplicate things. I mean, the story is very simple. Adam Copeland's here, and Christian has done well without Adam Copeland, and now Christian's going to look at Adam Copeland. What the fuck are you doing here, man? This is my show. This is my company. This is my title. I finally have broken out of the shadow that I've lived in for fucking forever being alongside you. Everybody looked at you as the fucking guy in this duo. Now I'm the fucking guy and you're behind me. It's simple. I can't wait for this story to play out. This mixed with MJF and Adam Cole and what's going on with Jay White and the Bullet Club and who the devil is. I mean, Dynamite's got some fucking... Great story, man. You know, weeks ago, where's the story? Where's the story? Where's the long-term booking? Why isn't Dynamite giving us fucking episodic television, man? Consistent television, giving me a reason why I should watch the following week's show. Now we got it. This was a great show. Edge is already making an impact. He hasn't even been here for three fucking days yet. And I'm so fucking excited to see where this goes, man. This is great shit. The story writes itself. 
I don't give a shit where they came from. I don't give a shit if they're ex-WWE guys, ex-New Japan guys. I don't give a fuck where they came from. It's Edge and Christian. It's Adam Copeland and Christian Cage on television. Still doing the damn thing. Christian doing some of the best body work in his entire life. And Edge now able to do what he wants to do without WWE hindering him or holding him back and not, you know, saying what he feels. Being dumbed down by some fucking four-eyed pencil-pushing geek writing his own promos. Can't wait. It's fucking great. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast tonight. I really appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoyed the show without Jesse being here, man. I know a lot of you guys enjoy Jesse's takes and Jesse's uh, energy, if you want to call it that. I know some of you prefer to see me solo. So hopefully uh, hopefully I gave you guys what you wanted tonight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show this evening. But I want to thank you guys once again for joining me. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. If you guys want to Chime in and let me know what you thought of the show, man. Super Chats are open. Sound off. They are yours. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel, including Monday Night Raw and last night's episode 16 of Tuesday Night Titans. Go check out the second channel as well. There's new content over there. We do the Pokemon card unpacking thing over there. Right now, we're doing the most recent set, 151. Some great shit over there. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Jesse, what are you doing in the chat, man? Go watch the final segment of the show, man, if you have not watched it already. And tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew, man. Make sure you guys go out and get your Blue Chew on me free. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Joseph Taylor with a five. Uh, that was a $6 super chat. J.D., Jesse, your top three edge matches in WWE. Couldn't tell you, brother. Gonna have to go back and watch a catalog of uh, edge matches in WWE. Tony Brown with a 499. Don't know about booty meat. But it certainly was nice ass tonight. But I'm telling you, man, AEW serves it up. Grade A. Michelle with a two. Edge was 100% gold. Slow build to an ENC team up. Absolutely. Fujins Henry with 18 months. Thank you, brother. Adam! Elite. Wrestling. We got Adam Cole and we got Adam Copeland. Thank you, brother, for 18 months. $4.99 with MGM Ballin chiming in. Edge and Cena was always great. I I, I think, you know, I always, always, always mentioned um, John Cena's greatest rivals, top three. 
CM Punk, Edge, and Umaga. And I'll put AJ Styles up there as well. Edge McFoley was fucking great, man. Yes. WrestleMania 22? Oh, my goodness, man. That no-holds-barred match where he went through the flaming table? Oh, So fucking good, man. And Adam Page. Adam Cole, Adam Copeland, and Adam Page. Thank you, Ballin, for the 499. TK being granted an overrun made the show feel timeless. Yeah. Beyond the script with a 199. JD Christian is a true heel. What a jerk. He's fucking great, man. Legitimately told his best friend to go fuck himself. OTS Tribal Queen with 22 months. Pilot, the return, nothing like back to basics. Yeah. Just kind of feeling that one tonight, so I played that one in the beginning of the show. Shane Brown with nine months. Thanks for the nine months, but go fuck yourself. Laughing my ass off. Just playing big love to you and Jesse. You guys seriously give me so much to look forward to. Thank you, Shane. Jesse wasn't here tonight. He'll be back next week. Easy with eight months. For anybody calling Adam Copeland a traitor and a turncoat is an absolute idiot. Adam will end his career having banger matches with AEW. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Not today, Jay, with 13 months. Happy 13 months, JD. I'm excited to see where this Christian Cage and Adam Copeland story takes us. It's already off to a great start. Justin with a 199. Phillies versus Braves is official for the NLDS. Yeah, I'm kind of worried. Kind of scared of the Phillies, man. If the Phillies beat the Braves, I would not be surprised. Though I was hoping for Miami because the Braves have handed Miami uh, a lot of losses this year. Marcus, new membership. Marcus E. Thank you, brother. Beyond the script with a 499. JD, does Vince realize Braun is a heel? Why would they put Cena with a heel? Unbelievable. Uh, no, they put uh, Paul Heyman with Braun Breaker, and Carmelo has John Cena. Jedi Joker with a $5 Super Chat. What's up, JD? I didn't watch AEW tonight. I was deep sea fishing in Philly and caught some Marlins. Going to be a brave and take a trip to Atlanta this weekend. Well, hopefully Truest Field is rocking and rolling, man. Rain with a 499. Hey, JD, just wanted to show some appreciation for the hard work you put into your shows. Keep up the good work. Always love listening to your show. Thank you, Rain. Very much appreciated, and thank you for being here. Andrew Harrington with a $2 Super Jet. Tony Storm is looking mighty fine tonight. Yeah, yeah man, there was something about that all-black outfit that uh, was just enhancing her uh, her curves tonight, for sure. Keith, the Braves have a chance? Of course they do. They hit 304 home runs this year. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. I'm enjoying Tony Storm timeless gimmick. I think everybody is, Joseph. 
Omega Kong with 20 months, four months until I'm gold. Took a month off wrestling. It's great to see the approval of storylines in AEW. And now that Edge is here, I'm back. Uh, I would not recommend you go anywhere, Omega Kong. It's going to get great, man. Hollywood guy with a fight. I'll see which I'm just throwing this out there, but maybe someone in TK Circle might be watching you and Jesse. Who knows? Long live the rated R era. I, I know that they're watching, man. I, I appreciate everybody in that locker room, even though they probably, uh, half of them hate my fucking existence, but I love what they do, man. I'm uh, pro AEW. I'm pro WWE. I'm pro wrestling. I don't uh, sway one way or the other, man. I don't fit into this tribalistic fucking nonsense. All I want is great pro wrestling. I don't give a shit where it comes from. Josh Ash Lee with a 24 months. Thank you, Josh. Gold looks good on you, brother. Jason Bark with the fight. I'll see Burger King and Newports is trending on Twitter because of Stokely Hathaway. Eddie Kingston is going to be mad mad. Uh, Burger King is shit, and I don't really understand anybody that smokes cigarettes. Such a disgusting habit, man. You want a fucking instant turn off if you're a female? Smoke. Disgusting. Imagine kissing that. Imagine laying in bed with that. No way. No thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you, buddy. Fuck the geeks and fuck the IWC. And fuck Conman187. Jeremy Lewis with a $10 super chat. We see how TK is responding to hotshot booking from the E, classy. WWE stands and check marks, laughably calling it desperate. Again, I'll be representing OTS at Dynamite next Tuesday. OTS for life. Brother, thank you so much, man. I don't know what that means. If you're going to bring some signage to the venue, I would really appreciate that, man. Sounds good to me. Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Chat. It's crazy how Wardlow a year ago was mega over. And sadly, I don't care now. At one point, he was hot like Batista was when he turned on Triple H. Yeah. Well, Chappelle was chain-smoking on stage tonight. Well, I mean... If that's his shtick, Jesse, that's his shtick. I went to go see Andrew Dice Clay over the summer on Long Island at Paramount. And uh, Dice, he don't even smoke anymore, man. He, he, he held a cigarette in his hand the entire two hours for the fucking show. He didn't light it once. The cigarette is an actual gimmick. It's a prop now. Washam Machine. New membership. Dice. Three blind mice. Where the fuck are they going? Oh! Uh, Jacob Donnelly with a $5 super chat. Ran the question, JD. But with Alter Bridge's Fortress being 10 years old, what's your favorite track from the album? Fortress. My favorite Alter Bridge songs are the ones that go seven, eight, nine minutes. Fortress, Blackbird, Last Hero, 
and Fable of the Silent Sun off the new album. And then the actual title track off the new one, Pawns and Kings, is fucking great. They just write great music, man. Mark Tremonti is fucking amazing. I'm actually going to see Mark Tremonti sing Frank Sinatra in Atlantic City at the Borgata in January, man. I think it's January 4th. I'm missing a SmackDown, so if you guys don't see me live that first Friday in January, you know where I'll be. Don't at me. I ain't watching Friday night, man. I'll be watching Tremonti sing with Frank Sinatra band. Drizzy Drew with two months. Feels like Christian is finally in equal footing with Edge in all his career. Love it. Nick should change his name to Nick Cage to really sell the pair. That would really uh, play up to the father of the year gimmick, huh? Andrew Harrington with a $2 super chat. Do you think Cody will eventually go back to AEW? Uh, possibly. The door is always open. Joey Clemenza with 22 months. Fun fact, Adam Copeland also grew up without a father. You know that's going to find its way into another Christian promo. I can't wait. I can't wait. Billy Sizane with a 14 months. AJD, do you think if the women's match next week is the main event, do we see Mercedes Monet? There's always a possibility, Billy, uh, but I appreciate Tony's not really doing too much because he knows WWE is just absolutely desperate to beat them in the ratings, and Tony Khan's like, fuck that. Look at my roster. I'm putting on great wrestling, man. Go fuck yourself. Hollywood Eric with a six months in the venue. Got my six-month microphone, so I'm pumped in honor of my six-month VIP. I'm toasting to you, JD, one half of the best tag team in the IWC. Dynamite was great. Thank you, Hollywood Eric. Will Chisholm with a five-dollar super chat. With all Edge dream matches, I'm kind of sad we don't get Punk vs. Edge. Nobody to blame there but Phil Brooks, brother. Gig Worker, 1099 with a $2 super chat. What's up, JD? Will the real Adam please stand up? Clone Force, 499. AEW was an 8 out of 10. That promo from Edge and Christian was a banger. Also with a 499 Clone Force. It's been a good week for pro wrestling, both WWE and AEW. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. People act like Edge and WWE got heat with each other. We know when Edge and Christian are done, WWE will put them in the Hall of Fame. Well, Edge is already in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure Christian will be in the Hall of Fame, too, at some point. Certainly deserves to be. And Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Con Man versus JD Hell in a Cell match. No, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I am about to get out of here, man. The venue is shutting the lights off until Friday. The Mustang is revving up. And I'm about to hit the road, man, and get the hell out of here. Appreciate you guys hanging out on this Wednesday night with what was a great stream and a great AEW Dynamite. 
Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Go check out all the other videos on the channel, including the second channel, man. Go and subscribe. Link is down in the description below. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And we need 80 more likes for 1,000 tonight. Sponsored by Blue Chew, BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, I will probably see you tomorrow with some news, some extra, and then live Friday night for Friday Night Smackdown right here on OTS. And then we got Fastlane this weekend. Have a great Friday. Have a great Thursday. I'm going to leave you with the beautiful sounds of Andy James. Symphony of the Damned right here on OTS. See you guys later.